0: Welcome back to another episode of Woody Banter, your hosts Nabiel and Nikar here. And I messaged Daniel and told him that Woody Banter's on, but maybe maybe he's asleep or something. I don't know.
1: Good to be here. We yes. gave ourselves some homework the other day.
0: I did. We did and I did none of the homework.
1: And the homework was what is the topic that we're going to talk about today? And um the thing that really st- stands out for me is um, change of the season.
0: Oh, yes. The weather has definitely changed. Has How now. has
1: that changed your work pattern, Abil?
0: I don't think it has. I just started putting warm, warmer clothes on.
1: Can you get up early like you did? Um, I mean, well, I guess you didn't get up that early. Um is there any, no no change in your pattern based on? I feel sometimes um, when it's too hot, okay, this will indicate a level of laziness that is part of me. When it's too hot, I feel it's too hot to work. When it's cold, I feel as if oh, I need to take a little nap, kind of a nice, mm-hmm. you know. I think
0: uh, I can work better when it's uh I can work OK when it's cold, but not when it's hot, then that can be a problem. Mm. So when it's hot, it gets uncomfortable. When it's cold, you can turn the heater on. And you can put warm clothes on. That is true. We don't have central air conditioning, so there's none of that. And then you can. I, I
1: actually don't like central air conditioning. I mean, of course, it's very convenient if it's extremely hot. But um, I like the ability to open windows. And on that note, it reminds me of the movie we were watching last night, and maybe we can debrief about that movie because mm. I had some reactions to it. And it's called uh, Ex, Ex machi- Machina.
0: I want to say m- machina, machina, or
1: yes, we could just Google. Well, to see there's another
0: word called Machinima, y- which yes. is um, well, I don't know if it's me it means something else, but it's a term used to describe. Um, Video movies that people make with like animation and video games, mm. but I've heard people pronounce that machinima. So
1: okay, well, that's like kind of so so machine they are pronounced, but machina how it's pronounced. So tell me what what your you know what's the premise of the movie and and um, yeah, you know, what's your thought about it?
0: The premise of the movie it is says machina. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, Mokina.
0: The premise of the movie is uh, this programmer, who's also the CEO of a large company, has developed uh, some versions of artificial intelligence that's in a, a, a robot. That's not just like a software, but it's a software inside of a robot. So it's like a person kind of. And so this programmer wants to do this test called the Turing test um, that's supposed to be. And I is ma- there
1: such a thing as that? I don't know.
0: I'd imagine yeah, there would be. Mm. Um, my nose is very itchy. Yeah. Um, And so the, he wants to perform this Turing test, so that will help d- will demonstrate um, if his version of AI robot is at a certain level. Um, and so the Turing test is—I don't know if I just said it—but it's mm-hmm. a test to see if a human can n- not tell if uh, the difference between a robot and a human.
1: It's named after Alan Turing. Oh, okay. I, I thought it would be. Um,
0: and so, so basically, this person is selected um, because he won some contest.
1: He thinks he's won. Well, no, I don't. Spoiler alert to I all guess. our viewers. <laughs> how many other There's <laughs> are lots of them. <laughs>
0: and there's, there's a large portion that's upset.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they'll stop viewing yeah. <laughs> stop interacting with us
0: yeah um, okay well I suppose since we're talking about it we can say uh, spoiler alert we will talk about the ending and the, uh, any, everything oh,
1: all the elements of it because I yeah. have I th- some elements which uh, you will imagine I connected with
0: okay uh, um, so anyway the person gets selected to come on this offshore location uh, or off-grid location and to test it out but it uh it uh it goes south
1: yes it goes uh, all over
0: yeah one you you lose trust in the boy well, it's very hard to trust the ceo guy from the start he's an
1: alcoholic yeah at least it very clearly seems like it he's very
0: yeah well beyond that the
1: only person we can trust is the main character that we see from the beginning Mm -hmm. he he is the only one who we, we have the level of credibility about his perspective of what's going on he's not sure about what's going on but we can trust whatever he'll tell us is accurate correct We don't doubt his credibility. Right. All the other characters we are not. And there are only really three other main characters, if you can call them characters. Yeah. And it's actually one character who has created two other characters. One is a bigger side character than the other.
2: Correct?
0: Yeah. Are we talking about the robots? Yes.
2: Okay.
1: So... Here's a couple of things. Remember that other movie we saw where um, they go to space um, and they are made to sleep for I don't know how many years and then one person wakes up by mistake and then he wakes up the woman that he falls in love with. And it's just two characters. Again, it's futuristic. It's... um, I don't know if you remember and it's just the two of them are now on the spaceship and everybody else is asleep because they're pl- being shipped to Mars or somewhere hmm. or somewhere else you know so the idea was they would fall asleep and then you know so my beef with the story is in which one this one as mm. similar to the other one okay now so this is a male run story okay it's a very male perspective I didn't see the need to show um, model-like women nude, even if they were robots. I feel that, you know, I don't felt that made the movie move forward. You could have had any part of the body peeled off to show that they were robots. Mm -hmm. Um, To me that was, and then the other thing I I felt was there seems to be a theme uh, in stories and may you. I want to be corrected if I'm wrong, because this is at least what I'm seeing, that men are still in charge, um, and women are being manipulated. Even though the you know ending indicates otherwise, but and it's a robot, but it just seems very one-sided. It seems as if the world is run whether the real world or the artificial world is a very male and you could argue why i mean i don't know did you did you have a problem with the the scenes where you thought do we need to see male fe- nude women um as part of the story i mean you might just for to view them but d- was it did it move the story forward
0: no it didn't move the story forward um
1: and the man was a lecherous man the the this brilliant lecher. i mean i would lecherous love to mean? lecherous means he seems as if he's um, uh, overpowering toward women i don't know the exact meaning but you know in a negative way a, a very um bad charactered mm-hmm. man the, the this character mm-hmm. um now you could argue if you were interpreting it with this concept of a godlike character and a vindictive this is clearly the, the the CEO is a vindictive. I mean you could talk about it from the material um from the capitalist perspective of, you know, companies controlling individuals, innocent individuals.
0: Yeah. Um, um where do you draw the line between what you just described and wanting to uh be entertained progress technology i'm not even talking about entertainment because mm. he said things like i think his company was similar it was like a mirror version of facebook mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. where they just had a bunch of
1: programmers
0: yeah I and mean the software is something that this is people use and I don't know if they described what the company was, but it sounded like it was a Google or a Facebook or something where there's a lot of human input. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he described it as this isn't like a system that tells you what um, humans want it's like how they th- it sh- it's just oh, yes. how a, the a humans s- think
1: s- statement that he makes about yeah. it and i forgot forget uh,
0: and so he's using that to help develop artificial intelligence now well, one could say that's um i don't know maybe not vindictive but um manipulative or something negative and then another person can say well this is the information that we have and this person is using it to uh, build upon
1: so clearly he was a genius Mm -hmm. because he had started he'd written this program at 13 and was you know knew the ins and outs of programming and artificial intelligence and had created he was but he was pretty much either an amoral genius or an apathetic genius he he didn't care the implications of his genius from the individual to the he wasn't looking to help humanity in any way um yeah as we progress into the future should we be looking to people who benefit humanity or should it just be let it go without any moral implications. some of these
0: things i think come don't come out of that kind of thought like uh, your your googles and facebook's i don't think the people who made that were like we want to help humanity do you think so
1: i don't know um it oh op- i you know you can never know the reason like it ender-
0: it, it ended up helping humanity with you know, like but Goog-
1: but so here's the other thing Um, You could look at it as not just helping humanity, but definitely not hindering. You're not looking at ways to destroy the world or control the world or, you know, the the typical evil scientist of how do I take over the universe?
0: This guy wasn't, though, was he?
2: No,
1: but no, he wasn't taking over. But he was moving in a direction regardless (coughs) of the impact it had on the people around him or the things around him or the, you know, Mm -hmm. it was it was very egocentric it seemed very egocentric
0: yeah i'm trying to think though like i don't remember i don't remember anything about him not caring about like i i get that you might guess that he would have those kind of feelings but i didn't see any scenario where he's like yeah i don't really care about society there was a
1: conversation where he mentioned about the robots he created and I, I wasn't paying too much attention about that conversation. But how he said, when, when, when I'm done with one, mm-hmm. then it was kind of equivalent to the death of that. And, yeah. and I would imagine that the writer put it in there for us to consider, kind of think about. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we think about human, uh, about animals and, and plants and, you know, you know, the consideration of the other. Um, now you could say the robot is a self-created other But we were made to feel s- empathetic towards yeah. the robots we, You know, the, the, the two robots the We were quest- made to feel as if, oh, poor things mm-hmm. They're being manipulated or exploited
0: Right I think the conversation you're referring to is the, the guy the oh, see smoky outside The guy <laughs> who um, is testing this stuff he said, oh, what happens to their memories or something? Yes. And then he said, yeah, well, when the old versions uh, get updated, the part of that, though the memory is like destroyed or something. Mm. Uh, and that's what led him to like want to uh, set her free or something. Mm. I don't know if that's the conversation you're yes, referring yes. to.
1: And so why, why, I mean, should we feel uh, some empathy toward machines? Or as human beings, does the in, yep. does the indication of feeling toward anything show your humanity? It's not about the other, it's about yourself.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, the answer to that is probably yeah, you probably should feel empathy mm. if you're creating these things that are ac- human like. Yeah, human-wise. I mean, the bottom line is, do they express emotion? Like uh, that'll be the deciding factor on whether or not you should care about them. I think.
1: But we we know that animals don't express emotion. I mean, yes, yeah, they they do. do. If you hit them, yes. they'll yeah, make noises, true. and that's you true. will feel bad. Yes, normal yes, people. Yes, um, normal animals, not people.
0: No, I'm saying the per you, the oh, person oh, oh, will feel yes, bad yes, if yes. you see yeah. the animal being hit and. Expressing themselves, well, plants but if I don't chop, emotions. exactly. But you don't feel bad about. Uh, yes, you
1: do. If you've destroyed a, a, a flourishing plant and you just go and.
0: Yeah, but if you farm rice and you start taking a machete and cutting off, you don't feel bad about that. No, but if you no. took a machete and started cutting cows, yeah, you'd feel much different Yeah,
1: yeah, but even the machete or for plants, if it's not for a reason, you feel bad. If it's just clearing the space without a reason, because there has to be a reason for it, doesn't there?
0: Sure, I, I suppose.
1: I mean, if you just started cutting down plants for no reason...
0: Yeah, I mean, you cut out weeds mm. um for...
1: We don't feel as strongly about weeds. Yeah. <laughs> but the bottom
0: line is, I think, if it expresses uh, emotions in some form mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. that a human can understand, then then humans are more inclined to Want to care about their lives and things like that. So
1: now, I mean, we had a little distraction, like you had this morning, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Smokey. Yes. Tell the me about Smokey. Cat. Yeah, the neighborhood cat. Tell tell me about Smokey and his, the morning intervention where he walked upstairs and kind of checked out what was going on, and yes. and then you uh, encouraged him to come down, and he very politely stepped downstairs and yes. exited the house. What d- tell me about your and then you were again distracted by Smokey as we were having this conversation and said, There's Smokey, uh, of course. Smokey is getting older and heavier, but he's gotten lighter now as well, I guess. Mm. Um, what is it about your relationship with Smokey?
0: Um, I enjoy Smokey's company briefly, yes. from time to time, yes. Um,
1: why? What is know. it about his company that entertains you?
0: And usually, gen- something about animals yes. um, is like uh, I don't know, fun or something. Mm. Uh, it's interest. I guess it's interesting to interact with a different being or a different species of yes animal. Yes, um,
1: but Smokey is unique yeah, as far as cats go. What yeah, that's what true. What characteristics of Smokey? stand out to you as making Smokey, you know, Smokey could be walking down the road and you'd say, that's Smokey.
0: Yeah, Um, I guess he wants to uh, interact with at least me and, well, most of the other people who have seen him, Um, as opposed to other cats might be more standoffish. (laughs) Um,
1: But he still, even when he wants to interact, it's kind of on his own terms.
0: Yeah, that's true. Which is, which...
1: It's, it's interesting. He's not, oh, come, you know, give me a cuddle or whatever. It's, he'll come up to you and then he'll say, but... Yeah. Don't get too close to me. Yeah. I don't care that much for you.
0: I relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, oh, we'll, we'll interact with each other once in a while, but... Yes,
1: yes. That'll that'll be good enough. (laughs) Yes, yes. Our paths will meet and, and Smokey will be polite yes but not aggressive uh, in either way
0: yeah cuz there's another cat that i see it's an mm. orange cat mm. when i do my walk mm. um that cat i didn't haven't really tried to approach it but it's a more does not want to interact mm. but then i've seen another kind of cat when i'd walk through Atherton and that cat was very much like smokey that it, it wanted to come up and like
1: uh it wanted attention
0: yeah So, yeah, I don't know. Some cats are different.
1: So um, we were going to give ourselves homework. You were going to think about...
0: I don't remember.
1: Yeah, You do not remember. But coming back to witty banter and our interaction and communication, of course, this is you and me interacting and Daniel has kind of disappeared for the day. we don't have any viewers at the moment yeah and we've kind of gone uh, upscale with guests and then gone down again you know with just the two of us bantering away upscale sometimes with guests? We, we ups- yeah we had yeah, upscale was very in the sense on, of yes we had, we, we had uh, you know where you had would interact with people and even your viewers the, the few yeah. followers i guess michael got married so you know he has better things to do than interact mm-hmm. um on a Sunday afternoon, um, online. But um, tell us about tell me about what your thoughts are about this the whole witty banter concept of the the up and down the many the few the interactions, the communication, because you're very consistent about wanting to do witty banter. And that was something you mentioned that to be consistent, you have to be consistent or something to
2: that. To
0: effect. be consistent, yeah. <laughs> well, that's certainly true. <laughs> but to be successful, you have to be oh, oh, consistent. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, I think of consistency and uh, success somewhat synonymous, maybe not fully synonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me your consistent um, attempt to be consistent with yeah. witty banter with witty banter
0: um, well I don't know I don't think I've defined what s- success would be with this Woody banter Endeavor. platform mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again I think one of my I imagine it would be something if I get my software up and running where there's like Hmm. people Mm -hmm. and you're writing books and dial has a his coffee business Mm -hmm. then it would become uh uh, well if you want to say more viewers is becoming more successful then you'd probably get more viewers your conversations would probably become more interesting
1: do you really think you need more success to have more interest because i i've known a lot of people who are not successful necessarily on the worldly scale but would still be interesting to converse with
0: yeah it's not so much that the success will make you more interesting it's that you'll have more going on yes and so you have yes, a lot yes. more to talk about yes, and you'll be yeah when you become more successful now you're navigating different areas within your field Mm, mm. and so you can so you go deeper or wider
1: and Mm -hmm. therefore you have more to to communicate Mm. why would they why would we have that need to um share those experiences
0: uh why would we have the need to
1: or do do you think you would have the need uh to share the experiences or or do you feel that your listeners would have the need to hear those experiences what would to you no, i do think
0: you I think it would be for the people watching and mm. listening um, mm. they can be it would be a s- form of entertainment and and they could l- learn as well mm. um, when i watch when I pick podcasts that I watch and listen um it'll be it'll generally be people that I find interesting and Mm. these people are successful and are more interesting in the same way I described earlier Mm -hmm. where they have a lot going on Mm -hmm. and it's not something that your average person could give you an insight on Mm. Um, to boldly
1: go where no man has gone before or woman mm
0: yeah Exactly, mm. so when you see interviews with like Elon Musk or
1: mm.
0: John Carmack or whoever you find interesting, Bill Gates, like mm. they, they're doing things that uh, that other people are not, well, and not only that, but like, and they're talking about things that uh, other people,
2: mm. a
0: normal person is not going to talk about. Mm. So, so, at most, it's uh, just interesting content to watch. Mm-hmm. I think the initial... Uh, reason for the podcast was
1: you just wanted to do a podcast
0: yeah and why I mentioned that there's a lot of negativity on Mm -hmm. the internet and so to provide positive uh, content Mm -hmm. so I think that would fulfill that uh, goal
1: yes so even though Daniel is not here today Mm -hmm. we do have his coffee with us Yes, so how did uh, you make this? uh, Yes, so we made a whole batch of coffee this morning and there was some left over and I thought, oh I love having iced coffee, but when you put ice in coffee it just doesn't taste as good, so I just froze the coffee and with the idea that whenever you you want... You
0: froze it and it was already in liquid form?
1: It was already in liquid form, Hmm. so taking the hot coffee instead of throwing it away And thinking you don't want to use it, you just freeze it, the leftover coffee. And then when you want a cup of um, cold coffee, instead of putting ice in, and instead of having to make coffee, because that was what was happening, Mm. I would make coffee for work. And then uh, sometimes I'd think, oh, I want it to be cold. And then I'd put ice in it, and it would be too watery. Mm. (laughs) So now this is the perfect consistency, is it not? You put a bit of almond milk in it, and um, the ice is made out of the the water in the coffee mm. and so you get a good and you're saving the coffee that's true yeah
0: so I have an interview tomorrow.
1: Tell us about you you've been doing some preparation for it and yes. I noticed that you had some um, uh, charts and graphs that you were making. Tell us a bit about those charts and graphs.
0: yes, yeah, so those graphs are a visual representation of the two systems that i created an Mm -hmm. authentication system and a chat system Mm. and these are built on aws microservices Mm. so each system is essentially a group and chain of aws resources
2: Mm.
0: um so so the chat system for example is a set of uh like databases and functions so there may be a function that says uh, post message so when a user writes a message Hmm. that function will be called yes it'll take the message and it'll write it to store it in a database Mm. um so the chart just kind of visually shows you how everything all the resources and which ones rely on each other Mm -hmm. um And so i'll explain kind of i'll give a brief description of the systems while showing them the visual representation i also have a copy of a question that i asked and answered myself on the aws forums so um so i posted it because i was stuck Mm. and then i i eventually solved it like a day or two later Mm. and then but i know that even if nobody responds to my thing it's good to give the solution on your own question so that other people who are doing the searches can mm-hmm. use that. So I printed that out as an example of how how I would go about problem solving mm-hmm. um, and pasting all the kind of uh, context and relevant information that somebody else would need if they wanted to help solve the problem. Mm. Because um, a lot of the jo- are the job will entail uh, debugging and doing these sorts of things where somebody poses a question. Hey, I get this error on my workday mm. thing. Mm. Uh, what? How do I solve this? And so I would, if they didn't give me more information, I might go back to them and say, Hey, could you uh, give me this, this, and this piece of information from mm-hmm. your system? And then I could reproduce the problem on my own system mm. and eventually get to a solution. And it might be a problem with the client, it might be an issue with how our engineers developed it. So um so that's what I that's what, I, what I will you've go. Prepared, yeah. yeah. Um
1: would you, who do you think, um, how many people do you think you will meet? And It's um,
0: three, well technically it's four, but the first and last are, it's the same person, it's the HR person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the three people I'll meet, one, uh, well I'll omit their names, but yeah, the yeah, first person is a, a senior analyst. Mm-hmm. So it's like my position, but mm-hmm. senior level. Mm-hmm. S- uh, th- and then the la- second last two are... Um, managers Mm -hmm. so the last one is the manager that i already spoke with Mm -hmm. and the uh, first manager is i believe is like a peer Mm -hmm. if i were to guess um
1: tell me a bit about your thought your meta level thought about interviewing um having gone through the process you know in the last five years a few times In different scenarios your thoughts as presenting yourself and your knowledge base to others basically I mean I've never really I mean yeah I have thought about you know when you're applying for a job you're, you're showing to people I can do the job that you want to have done you're looking for someone and I will provide you the skills but sometimes when you're applying and you're interviewing you think more of oh please can I have the job kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, What is your mindset going as opposed to, you know, if this works for me, I will do it. Um, But there are plenty of other jobs out there um, that might take my interest
0: and are you referring to all kind of interviews or state. like phone ones versus in person ones i
1: don't know how would you distinguish i mean what is your thought behind yeah i guess i don't really presenting distinguish. yourself uh, basically what you're doing is you're, you're saying to the person who says they put out a call saying i need someone to do this work for me mm-hmm. and you're putting yourself out there amongst a group of other people who say we can do this too and i know there are times i know when i was interviewing there were times i was very very nervous and then there were times where i wasn't as nervous i thought you know this is who i am if you want me to do the job i'll do it and if you don't that's fine i'll look for others Mm -hmm. Um, and i know that might come across as um, for the person who is listening to you different people are looking for different things you can't really address everybody you can think about it you can say well this is the manager and this is my colleague and I'm going to show this person that I will work well with you and that person that I will take initiative and follow direction and and won't cause problems and make things easier for you and you know so what is your thought about your thoughts as you go into this longer slightly longer interview Or do you have any thoughts? Or are you just thinking, I've, I've done my preparation and I will just go and have yeah. a conversation?
0: Uh, I think it's that. I think you just have to do some sort of preparation. Um, you're not going to cover all bases to fully uh, describe the kind of person you are in 30 minutes. Mm. Um, so you just have to kind of go with one angle and then just present that. Definitely come at it as... Um, uh you don't want to seem like oh I want the job like mm. uh, desperate obviously you're interested and you mm. you want it but it should be like uh like if you were doing some sort of if you owned a business and you were doing a deal with another business mm-hmm. you know yeah I'm interested in your product or services uh well I guess it's the other way around they're in they're, yes, yeah. they're interested in my services mm. uh but I'm here to
1: to convince you yeah, that
0: that uh, my services will be of value. Well,
1: so with this whole concept of the self as as promoted through social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, and all the other ways that, that the individual presents themselves in the community nowadays, I, I feel also the pres- presentation of the self in an interview has changed a bit than what it was maybe 20 years ago.
0: Probably, and how do you feel uh, that?
1: I feel there is a level of expectation that there will be a level of confidence, partly because you can do a lot more research on the job and the expectations of the job than maybe you could have done before internet made it available. You know, you, you can basically look up companies and, and, you know, job descriptions and Glassdoor and all of those places where you can gauge to see where you would fit into the picture Um, But there's also a lot of your information is already out there on your LinkedIn, on your, you know, so in the past where it was just a piece of paper that would be sent to someone in your resume, now it's all of these... Hyperlinks for. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I know that sounds a dated saying it that way, but I just wanted to date myself by saying That's hyperlinks. Technically correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there are all these links out there that that someone could just Google you and say, "Let me see now. Is is Nabil Rana the kind of person that you know? What what I see of him on the internet is it something that would benefit me? Now, of course, you could argue that. People who are interviewing a large number of people will not go and Google everyone, but at least the, the people that they are closer to they might you know check out a bit and see you know the credibility of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel that that benefits you or is it just part of your norm now um, that you you expect that someone will probably know a lot more of you than um, than you have put on that resume? Um, or does it not even pass? Or have I made you just feel nervous that, oh, my goodness, what do I need to take down before tomorrow?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't think so. I'm just joking. I have my
0: LinkedIn and my Git, GitHub, which okay. is where my open source code is. Yes. I think it probably helps. Mm. Um, now the employer gets a better idea of who I am. Um,
1: if they do the, d- if they need to do their due diligence
0: yeah um yeah, i mean i don't know how that changes the interview process if anything it helps the companies weed out people that they were already going to say no to
2: mm-hmm.
1: um i found it is helpful when i'm i've been hiring people or even when i'm sending stuff to like when i send people emails about my book I send them interview links to the, you know, my YouTube, and so I do find it very helpful that I can write a short paragraph and if anybody wants to know more, they can click on the links to those paragraphs Mm -hmm. rather than me having to write a long, you know, so so you can leave it up to the individual to decide. um, Yeah,
0: because interviews are already very like, uh, like how are you gonna know how someone's going to work in, again, even if you took the total time, two hours in a day, like, that's not enough time to fully understand how useful this person is going to be, right?
1: Isn't that similar to taking final exams, though? Or when we do evaluation of teachers, you know, you do a one hour evaluation every two years of a teacher and say, this is this kind of tells you the sum of how this person performs or if you by the end of the semester you take a final exam or a test in between and you say okay now this tells me exactly how uh, I feel this person will write
2: yeah
1: Uh, and that's why sometimes things like mm, so. so here's the thing there are times where you want to have a general sense of somebody's knowledge base Mm-hmm. And so you could say a quick overview gives you an idea of how this person would interact I- with um, a client who they, the, f- the first interaction with that client maybe or or the person you'd say, or if they're sending an email, how are they using the language skills? I'm talking now from the perspective of a teacher and a student engaging you with a quiz or a... Um, but Having said that, interactions, human interactions are much more long term generally, mm-hmm. even in the business world. Yeah. And um, mm. th- the last thing you want is someone who makes wild guesses and some of them work and some of them don't, like sometimes people do in multiple choice quizzes or tests mm-hmm. uh, without going deeper and saying, hold on, I'm, uh, you know. I, sometimes you need people to hold the thought and hear the situation and do the homework yeah before giving a response so um
0: yeah um
1: so i feel that in the interview process there are times where you might want to people to demonstrate how you would interact under pressure
0: yeah that i guess that for those reasons it w- that process is good yeah um,
1: and there has to be some way you get to know the person
0: yeah i think this is just the best way we have because w- nobody has time to spend i can't spend a week with a person and then realize yeah we're not gonna hire you mm. right that's yeah you can't do that
1: well that happens with um, when you do um when someone's on probation as in job probation where you say we're going to do a two-month trial no, oh, okay, and but you. All if it works, then you'll have a permanent position. If not,
0: that's true. But you don't do that with everyone. No, no. Um. Yeah. So I think that's this is just the best we have with the interview process, and these other sources of information like LinkedIn or whatever uh, help with that because now you can ha- there's a you get a better picture of the person, mm-hmm. um, and specifically with the uh, technical jobs it's even better because n- you can see what kind of work that they put out. Mm-hmm. So if it's not a soft skills job or if it's a hard skills job then uh, these kind of things are helpful for that.
1: So um, when I wrote my novel I took uh, quite a few classes but I didn't go into a Master of Finance program uh, although I love going to school and um, I chose not to do that, and sometimes people will say, oh, were you, were you in MFA? No, but I studied literature, but What's I did MFA? I was, uh, that's a Master of Fine Arts, where you oh. learn how to create art, mm. as opposed to um, a regular MA in literature, where you study someone else's work, mm. and you analyze it and write about it, or present about it. Um, and I feel that from your perspective, you're taking a year off and teaching yourself coding is somewhat similar to the process that I've gone through, although I did take a few classes here and there. You didn't even take any if I remember. Or, or maybe, did you take any classes? Way back when you had started community college, you took a few C++. Oh, yeah. But no I don't I think you it ever uh, even finished No, I did it. not finish Yes. Um, have you talked about this already? About your um, the way you um, y- you went through this mode. I think you have mentioned why why this way versus going through a master's program oh, or a uh, or a boot camp. Yes, because n- and the reason I was thinking of it well uh, yeah boot camp as well. I remember you were thinking of that. Mm-hmm. We when you were talking about technical know-how and um, and how you do your homework basically your preparation to be able to do the job that you want to do. Yeah. Um yeah. Um yeah, for
0: the most part and for software development, software engineering, um there's a lot of just free resources out there. Um the services that the actual the companies will actually use like aws there's document open documentation on how to use all of them so if you want to get a job with a company that develops on some sort of cloud platform uh, the documentation is out there you can go read it and start building things um, to learn that way you don't have to pay and actually if you went if you had a if you got a master's and you wanted to get into the cloud services stuff, you'd probably learn, like, fundamentals and theoretical stuff. Mm. Uh, and then the practical stuff would still be, you'd have to go learn that. Mm. So, it depends what you're trying to accomplish, I guess. For example, I'm working with a graphics engine, and I don't know if I told you, but there was some, like, uh, geometry that oh, I had yeah, to do. I remember. Mm. And, like... Uh, dot product and cross products which mm-hmm. are like uh, ways on finding um basically playing around with vectors mm-hmm. so if i was in a master's if this was my job and i'm sure there's all sorts of different mm-hmm. calculus and tri- mm-hmm. trigonometry i'd need to learn but if i had to if this is my job mm-hmm. and i kept running into this roadblock mm-hmm. it would probably be valuable to not not a boot camp, but get a master's because I would take in those math classes and it would be fresh in my mind, I guess. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: But um, but for what I wanted to accomplish, I I don't think a master's do you is think necessary.
1: So do you think, so when I did my bachelor's, I had left home and gone to Lahore and then realized I wasn't really comfortable in the place I was living at the college I was at and so I decided to go back home and study basically kind of like you did, study at my home and there were final exams and that benefited me that you know I just sat and studied all day long and when it was time to take the exams I took the exams and passed and lived happily ever after. Do you think with your bachelor's program in business do you think you p- potentially could have done that were you mature enough and ready enough and I'm not pretending that I was mature cuz I left the program and returned home so I don't think that was very mature of me but w- but I was mature as a student in the sense that I knew how to study to be a you know to get through the exams would you have benefited from a program um where you could just sit and study what you were supposed to study and take a final exam or do you feel that it was more convenient and more appealing to actually go to USF and um Canada and all of the other places that you went to um
0: i don't know it, like
1: you weren't that engaged at the time or or you were or
0: yeah i definitely was not that engaged mm but then also if i think about how does how did that stuff translate to the real yeah the real world i mean at most i think i improved my writing skills okay um and maybe my my public speaking skills
2: okay two good things
0: yeah but as far as the
1: knowledge base
0: knowledge of business like I never used any of that stuff.
1: To anything that you can remember from back in the day that mm-hmm. you were studying? What about from law school? Because you've got that as well.
0: Yeah. Realistically, I don't think I've applied any of that knowledge. But
1: you did get to appreciate the need for the level of writing analysis and writing preparedness. Yeah, that's true. For that one semester. I don't I know mean if
0: that's worth $30,000. Yes. <laughs> <but. laughs>
1: Well, <laughs> you never know. I mean, <laughs> if you have to... A
0: very expensive appreciation.
1: <laughs> well, sometimes whatever it takes. Um, yeah. But you also realize that that was not a world that you wanted to steep your whole life in. I mean, yeah. And that is an expensive because it could have been even more expensive if you had spent three years yeah. studying for the bar exam and then decided...
0: Yeah, that I didn't want you to. You did
1: not want to be that person who is yeah engaging with I people. Mean, in yeah.
0: The and those kind of things c- is also why I probably lean away from going mm-hmm. getting a master's or a boot camp.
1: Mm.
0: It's just because like...
2: If it was an free.
0: Ex- yeah, that might be a different story.
1: Because mm. um, in Europe, I uh, hear in most places, education is free.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I would still probably do something where I'm working and like there's some new problems in my job Mm. that I want to... uh, uh,
1: To respond to.
0: Yeah, but it requires a higher level of education. Mm. Uh, I I would still probably do that first. And then if it was free, I would do the master's. Yeah, I always tell myself that like, well, the first person to understand any sort of anything mm. didn't have a teacher. So and I have all these resources to learn stuff, so I shouldn't ha- need to go to a uh, get a master's. Yes
1: should just be able to you teach myself. You should have the incentive to be able to find the answer to the question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because you have all these... Um, B- bottom
0: line is you're trying to learn something, maybe a set of skills or some knowledge, bi- specific knowledge base. Uh, mm-hmm. I think both can be accomplished mm. on your own.
1: Yeah, that is true. Um, so it's much more... That That is...
0: And you still... And the other thing is, when you go through a master's program, you still need to have your own motivation to learn the stuff. Otherwise... You don't get anything yes, out of it yes, yes so if you already have that motivation like just go do it yourself
1: well and then they are so many the the mass online um the MOOCs and the online I don't know what uh, a, MOOC is. a MOOC is the mass online sounds like a racial community. slur <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's no. Uh, uh these courses oh, okay uh, that are online where it's for a lot of people to get a degree yeah free they're all free oh free okay they're all free and uh, a lot of universities have put their courses out there so if for example you wanted to put together your own programmatic if you needed a program if you needed the structure Mm. you could go online and look at you know all of the courses required for a master's program in a certain area and say, okay, I need to know, you know, course A is all about this, and then you can say, okay, way well, is a syllabus that shows me what that would entail. Yeah. And so you could check, go through a checklist of knowledge base understanding. However, some would argue, which is true for many people, that you still need that human interaction with others to create a higher level of learning than you would have if you were individual Um, because the in the moment interaction Mm -hmm. uh, could give you some more complex learning uh, opportunities now It doesn't always happen that way. There are times where it's very basic, even when you're with a group of people and you think, "Ah, I just wasted three hours sitting in this class with people discussing things which don't really engage me. Yes, either I've known before or... They they have no knowledge about it. They have no knowledge or we've been distracted with something where you think, I could have learned more. But I have to believe, and, and this is interesting, I know it's we're near the end of our hour. I was talking to my sister Selma, who was also on Witty Banter, in case anybody's listening. yes. And we were talking about the concept of education, people's reaction to education, being somewhat similar to what people react to religion. There's a strong belief in it. Now, those of us who are in the system, we have to be strong believers in the system that we're in, otherwise... You,
0: you probably wouldn't be in it.
1: Yes. Or you would be hypocrites being yeah. in the system, you know. Yeah. But we also know that um, education does not necessarily... Commu- the structure that have been created for education are not necessarily structures that really allow for change. Because education should equate to change.
2: Mm-hmm
1: and in some cases it does in some cases it just replicates the society that currently exists Mm -hmm. and so um, rather than changing the way things happen in society we perpetuate usually the negatives of society through our education system Yeah. rather than um, creating new spaces for people to uh, you know learn and analyze yeah um, but, but the point o- that we were making was that sometimes people have such a strong belief in the education system. They think, if I got that degree, my whole life will change. And they get the degree and then they're stuck. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know, they haven't created enough agency to be able to make the change. Yeah. it's It mean, so
0: comes from uh, within. Like you, you still have to be the person who
1: mm-hmm. drives your destiny. Yeah,
0: has to be you have to be motivated to want to do something.
1: Yeah, you have to be like smoky. You have to yeah. want to go and meet people and want to keep your distance. <laughs>
0: yeah, I suppose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Um, yeah. So, so next week maybe we will have some news this way or that yeah. about how the experience was mm-hmm. and and whether your per- preparation helped. Do you feel any nerves or do you no. feel no, not at all? Oh, that's mm-hmm. g- is that good? Do you think that's good? Not being yeah. Well, I think it's good.
2: Yeah, it'll keep you more comfortable.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. Although I have heard people say
1: a bit of adrenaline. If you're not
0: nervous, then something's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think that can be used in specific situations. Uh, Yeah. I guess the point is that maybe you're missing something. Then. Yes. Yes. But, But I don't think I'm missing anything.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, if I do get a job, it could potentially conflict with this
2: because
0: mm. this work schedule is ten-hour days, four mm-hmm. days a week, mm-hmm. and they're trying to do a three sixty-five day coverage. Mm. So that would tell me that people work on weekends. And considering.
1: So you might have to be consistent with work rather than consistent with the witty banter.
0: Well, maybe we just shift the time and day or something.
1: We could do that. We could consider that. Yeah.
0: And I imagine I'd get weekends. because If I'm a new hire, I assume everybody (laughs) is like, yeah, yeah, we want the weekdays, please. (laughs) Or maybe people like the no traffic on the weekends. Maybe that's a... It could be. But I doubt. I think most people probably prefer the Monday. If they have families. Yeah, that's true.
1: Um yeah we would then we uh, has it been uh, have we had our year annual anniversary for witty banter yet
0: this is episode 41 so in another 11 or uh, yeah 11 weeks
1: okay we will have had a year under our belt of bantering wittily yes across continents
0: that's true
1: yeah well I did get my ticket for, um, the for England mm. and so the plan is to spend and time why. with my mother mm. uh, and my sister outside of Cambridge but since I'll be in the center of high learning I do want to look for other opportunities of connecting with uh, I don't know go to the libraries in Cambridge or um, maybe look for some writing groups. Over there, is and that the then,
0: center of high learning?
1: Well, I mean, it was the it was the place, the ta- city that Hitler did not want to bomb, because he wanted. Oh, okay. Remember, it was. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, you not <laughs> I but wasn't no, there. No, we, no, well, neither was I there. <laughs> but when we were <laughs> doing a tour, someone had mentioned it that this was the one city oh. that Hitler said, you know. Didn't he
0: also it. not want to destroy France, or well, I know France, or sorry. Uh, well, Paris. I I, I just remember um, Fr- f- the French surrendering because they didn't want their beautiful uh, country to be destroyed.
2: It
1: could be. I Maybe I don't. I haven't studied the Second World War to that extent, but I do remember someone saying that he did not want to bomb Cambridge because that was a city that he would want to kind of keep keep intact intact because of its buildings and its I guess status as learning. Mm. Both Cambridge and Oxford are competitive that way um yeah so yeah so that is um maybe there'll be another like i did in february a witty Uh, banter from
0: and is this for your winter vacation
1: this is during winter break it'll be extremely cold but i will um i'm Mm. i might be going to spain as well um malaga
0: but you teach next year too
1: i teach one more semester and then i retire then I become a full-time writer, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, then I'll have to create my consistent. What is it that you say? If I didn't want to be successful, you I need have to be, be consistent. I consistent. Uh, yeah. love have to have a consistent uh, routine of space and time, mm-hmm. of where I write and what I write.
0: And you will be working on your audio version of your novel. I
1: am planning to do that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I was. Um, I don't know why I'm just kind of sitting. Oh, no, I've I've ordered the uh, equipment that you have mentioned. And maybe I'll go through the you reading. you basically once. use
0: this microphone or many of these. Yes, areas.
1: yes. That is going to be an exciting experiment. I'm going to read through the book and um, see how it goes. The book, the book, Wild Boar in the Cane Field, mm-hmm. as your viewers might or might not know. I'm pretending anybody's watching this.
0: (laughs) Well, people could still watch this later. They could. Someone could watch this in 50 years. Yes. If they wanted to. They could.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they'll say, "Where was that movie they were talking about?
0: (laughs) I mean, people, what if there's a video of uh, Charlie Chaplin talking about... (laughs) yes what did Charlie Chaplin produce I don't know
1: all those movies the ones about Hitler oh the, gr- yeah. the great dictator I so wonder if he was on a podcast
0: yeah. and then I'm sure people and mm-hmm. nowadays would look back and go oh this is interesting what was
1: the name of that movie it was a, it was a famous one and that's what I think I think it's called the great dictator mm,
0: I'm it? not sure I'm not familiar with the Chaplin catalog.
1: Yeah, you're not. But you knew when his granddaughter who was... um I think
0: his great-granddaughter, but yeah.
1: Was it his great-granddaughter who was in that movie? It was in the Game of Thrones? She's in Game
0: of Thrones and she's in a few other things.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, there's a movie that was made of Chaplin. Maybe we should see that movie.
0: Maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, it's 5.02, so I guess we can wrap it up um thanks for tuning in and until next time toodaloo
1: toodaloo